Brenna. Hi, Maureen. So this week has been fun. Or rather, this weekend. Yeah. Um, well, one, we were supposed to record yesterday, but I thought we were recording Sunday, and so I messed up. Um, but then the fun situation... That isn't the fun situation. The fun situation is Boomer got his uh, teeth removed. He got two teeth removed. And so oh, mm-hmm. uh, Phil and I had to bring him home when he was super duper on drugs like high and <laughs> he like because yeah. we brought i brought him in at 8 a.m and i thought i would like at like uh two i like started to get worried i was like i don't know how long he's supposed to be down for and it's so, like i because he also got a mass removed from the top of his head it was it's non uh like it's nothing to worry it's benign my dad just wanted to get it removed because it's kind so, of... Sometimes they just get lumpy. Yeah. No, he he basically just has a bunch of fat lumps on him. And, like, the, the, the vet tech even asked, like, do you want to send it for testing? And we're like, no, we already know it's not cancerous, so we don't really want to kind of know what it is. We're just going to assume it's a little fatty lump. Like, <laughs> this one's so small, both me and my dad thought it was a tick last year when it first showed up and, like, tried to take it off until we mm. realized, oh, my God, that's just, like, a part of his brain skin so um so he so he had he had to go in for a little longer because they were removing that part so now his little top of his head shaved like a monk he his little bald spot (laughs) and um but when they brought him out he wanted to go through every door except the front door he i've never seen him like so wiggly like he was shaking like a bobblehead and it was just like whoa where am i and like just out of it and the vet tech was like do you want my help bring him like getting him in your car and my first initial thing was like oh no like i know but then like seeing how he walked i was like yes yes i do like i and we got his like front paws up and then he was kind of like all right this is good guys let's go let's roll this train out of the stage (laughs) so we kind of had to heave him in and so as soon as i got in my car i called my brother and i was like phil be outside in like five minutes because our vet's thankfully not too far away i was like be outside in five minutes uh i need help bringing boomer inside because he's just out of it and so he was there and we got my car open and philip like was like oh we can we'll carry him and i was like no no i think he could walk he's just really wiggly and um as soon as i parked and opened up the uh trunk he like was like hey guys i'm good i'll just live in here i think like he didn't know where he was he was so confused um is that bird yeah that was a bird outside i thought it was a pet bird no right anyway um but yeah but as soon as we opened up the back door he was like i'm just gonna live in here i think guys i've done enough i've moved enough today and so we had to kind of like ease him out of the car and then he got inside. Want, we were like, Boomer, just lay down. Just lay down, Boomer. And he doesn't know how to relax at all. And yeah, he wandered everywhere. We had to cover up the stairs because we were worried he, he was just going to stumble down there. Because he could have. He would have. Yeah. He was going to. Um, yeah. And then eventually he laid down and then passed out for a few hours and eventually ate later. So he's doing better now. He doesn't like ha- having a cone on. But who does? He's he's doing great, and they only had to take out two teeth, which is uh, less than we thought. So he's gonna be very comfortable now for his last couple years. So, and now he gets to eat wet food yeah. for a while. That's good. Yeah, I was lucky when I had Miles because you know he was just like 15 pounds. So I think last time he got teeth pulled, the vet like opened his cage, and he just like jumped into her arms. Then she's like, he just jumped in here. Here you go. And just, like, handed me my teeth. Yeah, child. I was going to ask, because I was like, I knew Miles had teeth removed. And he probably, I think he had more teeth removed than Boomer has. Yeah, he had, like, ten teeth removed. It was, we had gone, like, a year before, and he had gotten two removed. And all of a sudden, we're in Port Angeles for a year, and he gets ten removed. He's eating all the sand. Thanks, people who thought fluoride was the government controlling our brains. <laughs> uh, well, since we decided we were going to do this every episode, Maureen, um, what books have you read? 
Um, I said I was going to have to read a book a week, and you know what? I'm still going to aim for that, but uh, no, I'm still on The Lives of the Monster Dogs <laughs> by Kristen Backus. I'm sitting here in my shame. Yeah, not I went out of shame because I did start work. You did. Yeah. I did start work this week. Very proud. Thank you. But I went on my way to read a book. Um, <laughs> Tell me about it, Brenna. Yeah, so it's by, hang on, I looked up how to say her name because I know I, in my Americanized brain, um, I say it wrong <laughs> in my head. Uh, but she's the author of Persopolis, which is the, like, acclaim. There's an animated film about it. Um, it's about her growing up in Iran during mm-hmm. the um, Islamic Revolution and then her leaving and living in uh, France for a couple years and then being homeless and going back home and being like, well, that sucked. Um, but it's Embroideries by Marjan Strapi. Um and it's basically about, it's literally an afternoon gossiping with her grandma, her mom, and a bunch of their aunts and, like, uh, neighborhood ladies. And it's definitely for um, young adults, adults only, because a lot of the topics they're talking about are carnal relations between men and basically, like, huh? sort of, uh, <laughs> Amira! She's like, I'm tired to... <laughs> Time to climb, mother. I hear you're talking about boys. I don't like them. I'm going to attack this couch. Uh, but yeah, no, it's really interesting because it's, it's uh, you know, her grandma and her mom are in the uh, Persopolis, but this is a more of a, um, I would say, more casual look. And you find out, like, about her grandma's opium habit and, and like, <laughs> yeah, right? So it's, it's a pretty... Um, not intense read it's not as intense as a persopolis it's pretty short but it's uh definitely mm-hmm. I-, I like uh hearing a lady's gossip so uh that's great it's a, it's a fun short read and it's an autographed copy i got it second hand um it's it's Ooh. it's like a print autograph because there's like a sticker on it but oh that says autographed copy Ooh, she picked a noisy toy yeah. But yeah, that's... She hasn't touched that in, like, two weeks, and uh, <laughs> now here she is. She's like, I heard that bird outside. I also want to make noise. And she's under the bed, so it's not like I can take it away from her because I can't fit under there. <laughs> this is a chaotic, uh, chaotic recording. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's go to the... Let's let's do our intro, and yep. maybe by the time the, uh, the audio plays, she'll be done, right? Right? <laughs> All right, because I'm Emberheart. And I'm Tangletongue. And this is Warrior Cats. What is that? Are you ready for this? The penultimate episode of Midnight? Wait, how are we that close to the end? How many chapters are there? I don't know, like 28 or 30? 28, I huh? think. Huh? I don't know. We've got... Okay. We The last two books we read were super editions, so those were much longer. Okay. I don't know. Okay, I guess I'm, I guess I'm ready. Okay. Uh, I remember what happened last time. The reviews yeah, you do. are in. Um, yeah, so, uh, we're kind of, we're going to work back for, backwards, because Hawk Frost ruined Pride by being like, hey, I saw some people, uh, stealing prey, and I didn't tell anyone about it till right now, when it would be most dramatic to tell. And everyone's like, oh, we, we believe you, but also, uh, I'm Tallstar, and that super didn't happen, even though it kind of happened, but like. A little bit, but it was like, ThunderClan prey. Right, so like, it wasn't RiverClan, it was bad but it wasn't like what you're talking about and then um going back we kind of (laughs) went on uh, a little bit of a side quest on our uh, road trip journey because grandpa was like look at all these cool places you can hunt and sleep and it's so nice and we're like hey uh purdy we're actually going the opposite direction of what we need what the heck, man? Are you evil? Are you evil? 
He's like, I'm just an old man. And I'm like, oh, he's not evil. But everyone's like, maybe he's evil. And the rats. Yeah, rats showed up again. And I didn't like that. But it's okay. It was short. It was short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went away, thankfully. All right, yeah, we left off in, like, the middle of a gathering. Yeah, because we were like, this is too much drama. Bye. So, uh, Firestar steps forward. And he tells the clans that a quarter moon ago... Brambleclaw and Squirrelpaw went missing. Oh, okay, cool. I thought, like, after all the drama, they weren't gonna talk about it, be like, that's too much. No. Firestar's gonna... That's his daughter. He wants to make sure she's good. Right, right. Um, so he says they don't know where they've gone, but have reason to believe that they didn't go alone. So he asks the other leaders if any of their cats have gone missing. Leopardstar readily uh, replies saying that Feathertail and Stormfur are gone. Uh, they'd assume they've gone to ThunderClan. Since they have <laughs> connections in ThunderClan, we that's, can assume you know they've what? gone together. Actually, that's super solid. Leopard Star- I-, I like it. Leopard. I thought Leopardstar was going to be more reserved, but I like that she was like so like uh, surprised that they aren't in ThunderClan. She's like, she's as soon as Firestar stood up, she's like, I know what this is gonna be about. He's gonna say, Yeah, we got two new warriors. Uh <laughs> wait, what? It's, wait, they're gone? Hang on. Well, we had people go missing too. <gasps> they're they are loyal. <gasps> she's like relieved, but also surprised. Aw. Yeah. Leopard Star. I love Leopard Star. I know she's had her moments, but God, I hope her uh standalone isn't just her being in love. Her standalone? Oh, yeah. I mean, Kate said, when someone asked about that, Kate said, ha ha ha, no. <laughs> like, <Ooh>. so. <laughs> you know what, I Kate? I so. have faith in you. <laughs> don't. Okay. All right. Amira's just breakdancing in the corner of her, <laughs> your screen. She's so hyped. It's because she heard that bird outside and was like, chaos, chaos. Yeah, she's just like flipping out. Well, Tallstar says WindClan lost an apprentice, Crowpaw, around the same time. And some cats around the clearing are voicing their fears of predators. But Firestar says that there hasn't been any signs of that. Oh, Oh, that's so sweet. Everyone's like so warm. I like that everyone, rather than being like, they betrayed us. Well, now the Rothbard Star just knows that they haven't betrayed her. Uh, they're like, oh my god, what if they got like eaten by dogs? Oh no. <laughs> Firestar turns to Blackstar and asks if ShadowClan has lost anyone. Twenty Pelt, he said, and he'd assumed I... that she'd gone back to ThunderClan to yeah. with her brother. <laughs> Everybody's like, I thought they went. I thought everybody went to ThunderClan, and then WingClan's like, we thought he got eaten by a dog. <laughs> Honestly, though, all of their assumptions like make more sense to them, and I would say make more sense in what we know. Versus them all going on a road trip, a secret road trip together. Like, that, yeah, that their ancestors told them to go on. Yeah, and especially, and I guess it makes sense that Crowpaw, since he is still an apprentice, like, he doesn't have that much freedom. So an apprentice going missing is, you definitely yeah, think kind of a lot. You would think also, yeah, more of an accident versus, you know, he's left to some other clan because. Yeah. He hasn't had he he might have gone to a he might have had the opportunity to go to a gathering or two, but he usually apprentices are more homebodies. Yeah. So. And I suppose Wing Clan they kind of have they don't really have as much of a sheltered um clan camp, so no. Ran- randomly getting picked off by a predator would make more sense for them and, and no one else wow. knowing about it. Just yeah. like, you know, if a dog randomly show up on, like, the edges of their territory. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Mothwing says that makes at least one cat from every clan. Why hasn't StarClan <laughs> told her anything? And Leafpaw wants to tell her, but she keeps quiet. And that's probably for the best. You don't need to, like, make her imposter syndrome worse. Yeah. Tallstar asks what Firestar thinks they should do. Leopard Star says there's not much they can do. They could be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I like how Tallstar, the oldest and most experienced out of all of them, is like, Firestar, you always seem to be the center of these 
for these like crazy little moments. What do you think we should do? You've, you've had some good, if not unorthodox, ideas. Well, Telstar says he doesn't know why, but there must have been a reason they left, because he swears Crowpaw was loyal to his clan. Firestar nods. He says they were all loyal cats. <laughs> the other guys, the other guys are like, "Well, yeah, we didn't like immediately think they were disloyal. We just thought it made more sense than them like leaving." But yeah, no, no, yeah, they're loyal. They're yeah, they're loyal. Tallstar says there must be something they can do, and Firestar tells him that his concern honors him. But he agrees with Leopard Star. There is nothing they can do. They're in the paws of Star Clan now. Blackstar says hope is easy, but it catches no prey. He thinks they've seen the last of them. <laughs> and, then, and then Firestar's like, okay, that's my daughter. That is my daughter. Um, but also I like, I, I kind of like that saying. It reminds me of, uh, there's other saying similar to yeah. that. I, I'm blanking on it, but I me like too. that we're starting to get more of a cultural, like, uh, idioms and things, uh, terms yeah, of speech they use. Yeah, we'll talk about. I think we should have a longer conversation about that someday, just because they're fun. But yeah, I mean, not. we do have we do have like obviously they call certain things. Well, yeah, but yeah. I like the I like the little sayings. They're fun. Well, um, okay. So a cat near Leafpaw says he's right. It's dangerous out there, and Leafpaw feels a surge of panic. And she finds it hard to listen to Blackstar's report of more two-leg activity around the Thunderpath. And it was even harder to listen when he started talking about monsters gathered around a boggy piece of ground that the cats never went to. Ah, uh, see? See? Construction! And Leafpaw thinks to herself, why does it matter? Who cares what two legs do? When the meeting ends, she says bye to Mothwing and finds Cinderpelt. Cinderpelt can see she's worried about Squirrelpaw, and she asks Leafpaw if she knows where they are. Leafpaw hesitates, and Cinderpelt prompts her. And Leafpaw says she knows her sister is alive and that she's with other cats, but they're very far away, and she thinks that they're farther than any clan cat has ever gone before. Cinderpelt nods, and she says Leafpaw should tell her father that. It'll help reassure him. She's like, I, I mean, I kind of told him. Like, I kind of. I kind of. Yeah, I tell him again. <laughs> Leafpaw is tired when they get back to camp. And she asks Cinderpelt if it would do her any harm to eat some of the burdock root. Cinderpelt says it might give her a bellyache. Why? Just an idea, Leafpaw says. But to herself, she thinks that if she can pick up what Squirrelpaw is thinking... And maybe Squirrelpaw can pick up something from Leafpaw. Yeah, I was just about to be like, girl, it won't make sense if you eat it because she's not the one who has suffering from rat bites. But then I was like, oh, she wants to get the like taste in her mouth so her sister will wake up and be like, I need this thing that tastes like gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cinderpelt doesn't press her for more, but gives her a warm look. And Leafpaw bites into the burdock root and settled down with the bitter taste in her mouth. Burdock root. Burdock root, she thinks over and over. <laughs> Squirrelpaw, can you hear me? Burdock root for rat bites. We're back with the boy. Back with the boy! Brambleclaw looks up at the full moon. The clans would have met for the gathering tonight. And the thought of it makes him feel lonely. They had struggled another seemingly endless day through Two Leg Place. They had hunted and settled but anxiety kept Brambleclaw awake. Purdy led them confidently, but Brambleclaw <laughs> still doesn't know if he's going the right way. Uh-oh. Uh and the worst of his worries were Tawny Pelt's shoulder. She's too proud to admit that she's in pain, but by the time they had stopped, she could barely walk. It had stopped bleeding, but it was red and swollen. And Brambleclaw doesn't need to be a medicine cat to know that it's infected. Uh -oh. Squirrelpaw and Feathertail had taken turns licking the wound until Tawny Pelt slept. What if... What if three girlfriends... <laughs> Same. 
Not against it. I love them. Stormfur came up to him and offered to take watch. Brimbleclaw should try to sleep. He needs his strength. He feels very far away from Star Clan now, but with one last glance at the moon, he goes to sleep. I know it's not gonna happen, but I would like if <laughs> randomly the like psychic link got expanded over to him and uh and all of a sudden they're like he's like, I don't know, burdock root? Uh we don't need to give Brambleclaw more anxiety. I know. I just wanna do it for Penny. Uh, so a barking dog wakes him up. Oh no. Brambleclaw jumps up, but it's very far away. Everyone else but Stormfur is asleep. Crowpaw wakes up and scrambles to his paws. He tells Brambleclaw that they need to get out of here today. They need forest or farmland. They may need to stop a bit to let Tawny Pelt rest, and they cannot do that here. Brambleclaw hoped he hid his surprise, because Crowpaw was being very reasonable. And he was concerned for Tawny Pelt. Aw, everybody's becoming friends? Everybody's becoming friends? So Brambleclaw tells him he's right. But they can't do much except follow Purdy. So Crowpaw wakes Purdy and tells him they need to go. Brambleclaw leaves Crowpaw to uh, deal with Purdy and goes to wake the others. He goes to Tawny Pelt last, and he sniffs her wound. Weathertail tells him that it's no better. She won't be able to go far today. Tawny Pelt wakes up and asks if it's time to go. Backpack ride. Piggyback ride. Uh, we can go get that bubble backpack for Tawny Pelt. If you put two cats together, you could put another cat on top. She won't be comfortable, <laughs> but that could work. Stack those cats. Stack cats. Stack them. She tries to sit up, but her leg will barely support her. Feathertail tells her to lie still. She'll give it another lick. And Stormfur comes back with a mouse and drops it in front of Tawny Pelt. She thanks him, but says she should catch her own. And Brambleclaw doesn't think up. there has ever been a cat who has looked less able to hunt. <laughs> Poor thing. I love her. Storm She's just like, oh, I got it, guys, I got it. Everyone's I'm in fine. love with her. Everyone's helping her. Everyone's like, no, girl, you need help. And she's like, I don't. We're all friends now. Yeah, BFFs forever. Stormfur insists. I'll catch more later. And Tawny Pelt leaves. He's like, I'm not even hungry, actually. Please, God, I got this for you. <laughs> Brambleclaw ignores the argument that uh, Purdy and Crowpaw are having. And goes <laughs> Crowpaw. He's like, I'm just gonna let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> She's in her nest, muttering and licking her lips. Brambleclaw asks her, what's the matter? <laughs> then he tries to joke. Have you been eating your own fur? That's a bad joke, Brambleclaw. <laughs> yeah, it's not great, dude. He's like, oh, I'm trying. Squirrel, all of his jokes so far have really uh, landed flat. Poor guy. It's, he's just really awkward. Well, Squirrelpaw doesn't react, which he, he didn't deserve a reaction for that. It was bad. Sorry. Sorry, dude. She just says no. She tastes something funny, and she feels like she should know what it is. Oh my Brambleclaw god. Says, Why did we have to bring the stupid jock sister with us? <laughs> Brambleclaw says, Not salt, I hope. He's like, That would be very uh, concerning. Well, he's missing her smart remarks. And this serious squirrel paw is making him anxious. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm like trying really hard to like bring it back to our haha, like teasing, casual. Uh, but you're not helping. Please put me down or something. <laughs> yeah, be mean to me. Oh no, she says. Something else. Let her think about it. She thinks it might be important. Purdy leads them. And the night of rest did Tawny pelt some good, and she's limping along valiantly. But Brambleclaw is keeping a very close eye on her. 
Purdy leads them through some more gardens and out to a narrow thunder path. And the thunder path curved sharply. Purdy rounds the corner, and Brambleclaw watches Feathertail halt and stare. No, she spat with an uncharacteristic fury. That's too much. We can't go that way, you stupid furball. Brambleclaw runs to her side. There's a dog barking, but it doesn't seem like it can get to them. What had upset her was a wall. The thunderpath ended abruptly. They couldn't go any further. Every one of Brambleclaw's muscles shriek in protest at the thought of retracing their steps. Purdy looks back at them, hurt. He says there's no call to be like that. You have no idea where you are, do you? Feathertail demanded. She crouches, and Brambleclaw can't tell if she's trying to hide or about to attack. And would Brambleclaw stop her if she was? Feathertail says they have an injured cat with them. They can't be traipsing up and down this vile place after him all day. Steady, Crowpaw says, licking her ear. And he tells her to ignore the old fool. They'll make their own plan to get out. Feathertail asks how. They don't know where they are. Stormfur rounds the bend, followed by Squirrelpaw and Tawnypelt. Squirrelpaw asks, what's going on? Where's Purdy? We're yelling at him. (laughs) Wait! Purdy's gone. Crowpaw says, good riddance. Then Purdy's head pops out of a gap in the wall that Brambleclaw hadn't noticed. Oh. Well, he asks. Are you coming or not? Wow, he is, like, such a cool old dude. Uh, The fact that he just has that selective hearing of being like, I'm just going to ignore you guys being mean to me, because I know what I'm doing. Brambleclaw follows, bracing himself for more two-leg nests. But he stares at astonishment. Across a narrow trail was a grass-covered slope. And beyond that, there were trees. Yay! (laughs) Squirrelpaw asks what he sees. A forest, Brimbleclaw squeaked like a kit. (laughs) A real forest at last, come on! Purdy purrs. Satisfied now? They wanted out? He brought them out. Yes. Thanks, Purdy. This is great. Not so much of the stupid furball now, hey? Purdy asks, looking to Crowpaw as he slid through the gap. Brambleclaw and Crowpaw exchange a look. He suspects Purdy is uh, just as surprised as they are. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. They are out and they can continue looking for the sun-drowned place. Would you like to hit me up with a cat fact? Yes. Good day, dear listeners, and welcome back to the Cat Fact Art Gallery. It is me, once again, your intrepid host, Tangletongue, and our dear Emberheart, and all of you will be joining me today to look at some more Cat Fact Art. Now, before we begin, I must say, I took three art history classes. One with Maureen. Uh, but Very fun. Despite that, I am not an art historian. Also, I will be linking the artwork we are examining today in the episode description. <laughs> So, uh, I'll also be describing it to the best of my abilities. So please, if you will, look at the episode description and click the link that describes the piano list, which translates into The Piano Lesson by Henriette, Henriette Ronner Knipp. Or Nip. So, today, we're going to be looking at The Piano Lesson. 
by Henriette Runner Nip. So this piece is uh, in an ornate, uh, like sort of seating area place, golden walls. We're right by like a marble. Um, you can see like the very corner in the left corner, you can see like a mantelpiece from like a very ornate marble uh, fireplace. Uh, but the main focus is like a chestnut brown piano and it's uh, opened up, um, the keys are exposed and there's a, a music book on top with two candles on the other side, not lit. Um, and in front of the piano, there's like a red, a plush little red um, seat. And on that is a mother cat um, and she is sitting very respectfully and watching her four <laughs> kittens playing on the piano for their piano lesson as it's called uh one cat um who is white and ginger is playing on the uh notes just kind of walking across them he has two pressed down and one foot up and his tail is up um oh, oh. another cat is on top of the piano staring down kind of watching the whole thing just peeking over the edge i'm and sure he's reading the music yeah he's reading the music directing his sibling and then there's another one hidden behind the music sheets, only a little bit, they're totally white, only one, a little bit of their head and like their paws shown and one of their eyes. And then finally, all the way to the right, there is a black and white cat uh, leaning over the side, sitting on a bunch of music books, uh, watching his sibling play and something Giving I notes, like, I'm sure. Yes. And something I like is the music books he's standing on. Yes. Um, on the edge of one of them, uh, a folder has Henriette's signature. Um, so uh -huh. that's how you can tell. Yes. So it, it almost looks like this would be like, you know, something you would write like the author's name or like the sheet music's uh, name, yeah. but instead it's her signature. Um, so it. yeah, a little bit about this piece and the painter. Henriette uh, Ronner Knip, or otherwise known as Henriette uh, uh, Ronner or Henriette Knip. Um, she was a, a Dutch-Belgian uh, painter who was uh, famous for the Romantic style. She was born in May on May 31st, 1821, um, and she lived um, to be 87. <clears throat> and she had, she grew up, um, her father uh, was a painter, um, and uh, his, his dad had, like, a mom and a mistress, and it's kind of debated whether she's the daughter of the mother or the mistress, um, but he ended up, like, divorcing his wife and going to live with his mistress eventually, um, so it's kind of like, eh, we don't really know. Right. Um, but uh, her father was an artist and taught her um, how to paint, um, first, like, watercolors, and then she eventually got into oil painting, and um, when... She was growing up, her father uh, started to lose his eyesight and eventually went blind. And so she had to take over the family's responsibilities. Um, and she actually became oh. like kind of the head of the household and took care of like their money and all of that. Um, but during this time, she continued to focus on her art and she was super well received. Um, she, at first she mainly painted uh, like farm animals and forest animals. Um, and then eventually she kind of found her specialty. She painted mainly uh, cats and dogs. That's what she was known for. It was yes. actually kind of hard for me to pick um, a piece because uh, she painted a lot of different animals um, and all in kind of like pristine and kind of like romantic situations like cat playing on a, a table that has a bunch of like cards and like a cigar. Like, oh, okay, they were playing and bedding, but now there's a kitten playing on top of it. Um, and then like oh. a mom, a mom cat and a bunch of her babies, um, and also different dogs. Um, they were kind of just known for being playful and people in the middle class who were starting to get more access to art at this time, like really loved mm -hmm. her work. And so they wanted it. Um, so she became very successful. Um, and you know, she eventually did get married. Um, but her husband, he was often ill. And so since he couldn't regularly work he became her manager and she continued to paint so she never had to give up her career um when she got oh, married that's good she was kind of the main breadwinner of the family and her husband kind of helped manage her um career nice so 
Um, she continued. She found a lot of success during her life. It, uh, um, meanwhile, she had six children. Um, many oh, of her man. children. Yeah, many of her children also became artists. Um, her oh. daughter Alice uh, was well received later on, um, and she also collaborated um, with other artists of her time. Um, and something I liked about her um, is eventually she moved to like this nice house out in the country and was able to have a bunch of pets and animals. Um, and ah, she like had the these dream. large, yeah, she had like these large windows and like would let the cats play around in her studio. And she actually, eventually, she made, like, rather than working with the live models of the animals, she made little paper sculptures of them in, like, the position she wanted and, like, the pose she wanted Aww. them to take and would pose them and then, like, paint from that. Um, and, like, she had, like, little miniature, uh, like, furniture and um, fabrics to sort of uh, create the scene that she wanted. Um, Love it. So... And later on in life, uh, she was actually knighted. Um, uh, she was just so, yeah, she's really cool. And, <laughs> and the, the Order of Leopold, um, and also she was a member of the Order of Orange Nassau. Like, she, she was very um, well-received. Uh, her two, uh, two of her kids, Alfred and Alice, um, and Emma, uh, became artists, and she often had exhibits with them. Um, mm -hmm. so she was uh, a pretty famous and well-received artist in her time. And, you know, art historians looking back, like after a while, they kind of like, oh, like her work is kind of like boring because it's just like this cute little stuff. But now it's people are still receive her work well because it shows sort of like this romanticism. And also it's not just like people, it's people. It's adorable. It's yeah, great. It's, it's very good. And I like it a lot. And uh, there's just something really cute. Some of her work isn't, uh, I like it because not all of the animals are, like, totally perfect. Like, the cat on the piano, his head's kind of like, what? Oh, okay, so cute. But, yeah, he's like a kitten. I, and I like that, but it has a sort of honesty of, like, she's going more yeah. for the emotion versus, like, the perfect, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, perfect body structure, which I think the mom cat, she, like, yep, that's perfect cat. Mm, nailed. Yeah. <laughs> nailed it. So, yeah, that is... Very Aristocats. I like Yeah, that. that's, that's why I brought this... Aristocats. I brought this one up specifically because I was like, man, I wonder if this scene inspired the Aristocats at all. Right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because it came out, like, this came out way before the Aristocats ever came out. So Obviously. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, it's very possible this scene could have inspired that. So, it, yeah. it was... I really did struggle to pick out uh, pieces, but oh, I will... I'll have to look at more of her stuff. I will be linking um, uh, more about her, and I will link one of the galleries. The gallery that I uh, have linked does have more of her work, so don't worry. I will add more. All right. Well, thank you, Brenna. You're welcome. And that was today's okay. art history. Thank you, thank you. Can I tell you the message I just got that I saw while I was uh, opening this uh, this cat thing? Sure. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm looking for places to live, mm -hmm. and I'm talking to some people to be roommates with, and I spent all day yesterday looking for houses. Um, okay. With a lot of specific uh, things, and I found mm -hmm. a really nice four bedroom house. Mm-hmm. And this person I'm talking to said. But it only has two and a half baths. Is that not enough baths for you? What is wrong with you? Is that not enough baths for you? That's like, that's three bathrooms. Yeah, that's like the perfect amount of baths. For four people? That's perfect. For four people. That's perfect. Yeah, there might be one and a half times ever in your life that three people are taking a poop. And you gotta go out <laughs> in the woods. Cope. Yeah, uh, so, um, I don't oh, know, maybe people... they're not the right roommate for me. <laughs> Do they just, like, not, some people, like, I think it should be, I think, uh, uh, uh I think at all, like, if possible, everyone in the entire world, um, should be forced to share, like, a house and a room with someone. Yeah, I'm at an Airbnb now, 
and it's me, the host, and actually another Airbnb guest. And we are all sharing one bathroom. And it's mm. fine. There have been no issues. Yeah. And I did actually, after uh, two weeks of cold showers, um, the other guest who was smart enough to ask about it found out I was, we were both turning it the wrong way. <sighs> so I've taken two weeks of cold showers. <laughs> and you were just too and nervous to ask? No, I just figured, you know, it takes a really long time to warm up. <laughs> But, uh, no, I should have asked, and I'm uh, really looking forward to my first hot shower in two weeks tonight. <laughs> Good for you. Anyways. <laughs> oh my god, Maureen. That's my life right now. <sighs> when they climbed the slope to the trees, it felt like coming home. Stormfur votes that they stay here the rest of the day and night. They can hunt, and Tawny Pelt can rest. Brambleclaw, like, wants to keep going, but he knows that the best thing for them would be to stop and rest a bit. Uh, Tawny Pelt says they don't have to stop for her. Yeah, we do. We all love you. Well, Squirrelpaw says it's not just for you, mouse brain. She pushes her nose affectionately into Tawny Pelt's fur. Oh my god. They all need to rest and eat. They keep walking and find Squirrelpaw, date to that sibling. Yeah, that's Goldenflower's better child. And and honestly, um, if if both your your dad will like be like just absolutely, he's like really. Both my kids decided to date outside the clan. I managed to find love inside the clan, and they're like, "Yeah, you're not part of it. You joined later." <sighs> He's like, well, that's... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, they keep walking till they find a place next to a stream. There is no smell of foxes, badgers, or other cats. Perfect. But plenty of prey scent. Yes. Tawny Pelt is limping badly. No. She half slid, half dragged herself into a nest between some tree roots. Oh my god. Feathertail settles beside her to lick her wound. And Purdy flops down and goes to sleep. <laughs> Purdy. Curlpaw says they can stay and the rest of them will hunt. Brambleclaw asks Squirrelpaw if she'd fancy hunting with him. She nods, but seems distracted. She's gotta find that weird smell taste. He just, like, finds Bram- her, like, licking a bunch of different, um, like, plants. She's just licking leaves. Yeah. She's like, I gotta find it. Well, Brambleclaw catches a mouse, and Squirrelpaw is just standing, taking in the forest scents. He asks if she's okay. And she jumps and says she's fine. There's just something she can't quite... She licks her lips. Brambleclaw continues hunting. Oh my god. Squirrelpaw helps, but she's still distracted. Leepaw's, like, she's losing used- her mind. Well, she's usually a very skillful hunter, but she let a blackbird and a squirrel get away. That's it! Over there! What is it? What is it? The rabbit Brambleclaw had been stalking took off. And Squirrelpaw goes to the water's edge where tall plants with dark leaves were growing. And she starts digging at the stems. Brambleclaw asks what she's doing. Yeah, hey, buddy, what you up to? She says, Burdock. That's what Tawny Pelt needs for the rat bite. He can help her dig the roots up. <laughs> it was the taste that she'd told him about. Leafpaw must have mentioned it before they left. Mm, Brambleclaw yeah. was pretty sure Leafpaw had not mentioned it. Do not, do not mess with her mojo. We need this, dude. But he shrugged and started digging. It's not like there was any other way Squirrelpaw could have known. Uh, wait. <laughs> okay. Wait, Brambleclaw, you don't have a psychic link with your sister? Hmm. Like, okay, that's lame. Mean, I don't. 
I know she's in pain. I don't need psychic abilities or something like that. <laughs> Squirrelpaw holds the roots in the water to wash the dirt off. Then she heads back to their camp. Ramblepaw nice. follows slowly, picking up as much of the prey as he could carry. She's got like a bunch when of he... to get back, and he has she has a bunch of leaves, and he has like as much food as they're like, why, why is this? When he gets back, Squirrelpaw is already pressing the chewed up root pulp onto Tawny Pelt's shoulder, and Tawny Pelt relaxes as the juice seeped into her shoulder. That's better, she says. It's going numb. She can't feel the pain anymore. That's brilliant, Brambleclaw says. Tawnypelt tells Squirrelpaw that she must be a secret medicine cat. Nope, just or have a psychic she... link with one. Well, she says, or perhaps she's carrying a little bit of her sister's spirit. I mean... That's, that's actually, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then she settles in and sinks into sleep. Squirrelpaw is watching Tawnypelt with shining eyes. Brambleclaw's fur prickles. Had Leafpaw mentioned it before they left? Or was there something more mysterious going on between the sisters? Again, you don't? You don't have a psychic link to your sister? Weak. Yeah, lame. Work on that. I don't know if it's something you can practice, but get on it. <laughs> well, like, he goes to collect the rest of his prey. When he returns, Stormfur and Crowpaw had also brought back prey, and for the first time in days, they could eat as much as they wanted. Uh, Purdy woke up and gulped it down enthusiastically, and they all slept well. When Brambleclaw woke at dusk, the clouds were gone and the sun was shining through the trees. He climbed the slope to look where the sun was going down. That's the path we have to take, Stormfur says behind him. His voice is calm and determined, as if he had been given the visions himself. That's where they'll find what Midnight tells them. Brambleclaw wants to race towards it, but he knows that they need to rest. So he notes where the sun is setting and goes back to his friends. Tawnypelt is tearing into a rabbit. She said she's so hungry and her shoulder feels so much better. She asked Squirrelpaw what it was she put it on again. Burdock root, Squirrelpaw says, not bothering to explain how she knew. I'm going to be real. I think medicine cat training should, like, be extended to just, like, like basic coverage. Because that feels like no one knew in this whole group. I mean, I think they know a lot of, like, the basics, but rat bites, especially in ThunderClan, isn't something that they come a lot, like, come across a lot. What, what about the other clans? Is it common there? I mean, Shadow Clan maybe, but they try to they try to stay away from that because that's what yeah. caused the sickness was a rat from there, the, their last big sickness. So they probably avoid it. Yeah. So it's just not it's just not a very common one. And maybe Squirrelpaw was wondering how she knew it too. She's chewing up more and applying more salve to the wound. The swelling had gone down. And he breathes, Brambleclaw breathes a silent thanks to Star Clan and Leafpaw for his sister's recovery. <laughs> the next morning when they set off, Tawnypelt is barely limping. They come to the edge of the forest, and there's open slopes as far as the eye can see. Like home, Crowpaw murmured, thinking of WindClan territory. Brambleclaw is reluctant to leave the comfort of the trees. Purdy says goodbye to them before they leave the forest behind. Oh. He says he doesn't feel right under the open sky. He likes somewhere he can hide. And besides, they don't need him anymore. Star Clan, whatever they are, won't be waiting for him at midnight. Maybe not, Brambleclaw says. Thank you for everything. We'll miss you. And he's surprised to find that it was true. He had come to feel something like affection towards the old cat. And he tells him that if he's ever in the forest, he'll be welcome to visit ThunderClan. 
Crowpaw mutters to Tawny Pelt that her brother may miss him, but I won't. Oh. Purdy hadn't heard that, though. Good. He says he'll wait here for two or three days, in case they need help on their way back. Oh. Crowpaw rolls his eyes at Feathertail, who just shrugs. Supposing they come back, of course, Purdy says as he walked away. <laughs> they wouldn't catch him so close to the sun-drowned place. Shouldn't wonder if they'll all end up drowning. Okay. That's right, Squirrelpaw muttered. Way to keep our hopes up. <laughs> and I think that's where we'll stop for today. Alright, well, we made so... it to a place. Yeah. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna have our last episode of uh, Midnight next week. Uh, so crazy. Exciting stuff. If you want to keep up with us on the hype train, you can follow us. You're not selling the hype train. Sorry, I'm, I can't. Let's try again. <laughs> if you want to follow us on the hype train, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at WCWITCast. Or if you want to contact us, you can email us at WCWITCast at gmail.com. That's W-C-W-I-T-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. I feel like I misspelled it, but I didn't. Um, Thank you to everyone who's listening. And if you want to help out the podcast, one way you can do that is to share this episode with a friend. Be like, hey, there's a psychic link between sisters that we are taking full advantage of but refusing to explain. Yes. I mean, it's Bramble Club. We don't need to tell him much. Yeah, he doesn't need to know. Firestar knows, so. Yeah, that's what, he's the only one who really needs to know. He can, he can rest easy. Yeah. Or a little easier. Because I remember Heart. <laughs> I have Tangle Tongue. And this has been Warrior Cats. What is that? Mm-hmm.